There can be only one true Seraph. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Interrogang Podcast. This week, we are trying something a little different with a shorter episode that focuses just on the releases. That's right, we're doing all releases all the time, and there have been so many to choose from, so we're going to give them all their own time to shine. I'm Kyle Reed, taking on hosting duties for this info-packed shorter session, along with my good friend, your Interrogang co-host, and a man who goes bold or goes home, Joshua Dick. Hi, Josh. Hi, Kyle. Do I go, go bold or do I go ultra bold? Super bold? Or do I just go home? <laughs> There's some days where I go hairline, I'll tell you. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Time will tell. We'll see what today is. Well, then, let's go. Let's check out these releases from week 10, 2023. I thought we'd kick things off with a little treat this week. Beasts of England released an innovative contemporary display sans called Acorn. Now, I don't know what you think of when you hear the word acorn, Josh, but for me, it's a cute word. It is a cute word. It's the perfect word for a fun font. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a name that makes me expect something tiny, stocky, stout, possibly with a softness in its construction. Yeah, just like those soft acorns. That... Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> well, by that count... Beasts of England nails it with Acorn, uh, a typeface family of seven weights. Uh, and the thing with Acorn is that it features these wispy horizontal strokes and terminals that bend all the way around and return into the main letter form. Some of them branch up from the curve into uh, another horizontal stroke. This interesting detail makes loops and counterforms in the cutest of spaces. Uh, I really, really enjoy the whimsy of this typeface uh, contemporary display sans it's usable but it's also just kind of fun this effect makes for a friendly yet very contemporary set of letters feeling very accessible and enjoyable next on our list for today is true serif the newest released from bold decisions true serif is a handsome and classic feeling editorial serif family with a newspapery or bookish vibe not nerdy just kind of bookish smart tidy yeah the fonts themselves are filled with easygoing serifed characters that don't offend or shout they're kind of quiet and tame and expected perhaps i'm not sure if the design notes in true serif are a bold decision themselves but the name i think certainly could be true serif feels like one of those names that feels like it's already been taken but good for them Yes, it is one of those gutsy, it's a gutsy name. You are saying you are the one, it's very Highlander. <laughs> Highlander. There can be only one yes, True that's right. Serif. This is claiming to be it. <laughs> uh, true Serif is actually a Serif counterpart to the Foundry's True Sands family uh, that's already available. Uh, there's a monospace version of that as well, I think. While the site really doesn't tell you very much about the release, um, aka nothing, we can tell you that it is a uh, family that is available as 14 fonts. So that's seven weights, both Roman and italic styles. The italics are very classic and clean and are a nice complement to the Romans. So well done on the type design front there for, for bold decisions. But true serif, the one the one true serif. Kyle, I have a I have a question for you. Yeah. With a with a font like this where it's very clean, classic, mm -hmm. it's precision based. The design is is based on a, a clean precision. Mm -hmm. I figure that's a big part of the design process. And I want to know, when you're designing something, how, how do you feel about precision? Like, does it 
does it feel good to you to like get something just right or is that an annoyance is that like uh i have to get this just right and it drives me nuts where do you land i think if you if you pull most type designers they'll be in the camp of it's gotta feel just right they probably wouldn't release it if it didn't feel just right and right. they spend hours and hours on one character to make sure it does feel just right but is that a fun journey for you or is that like a uh <laughs> For me, I actually really enjoy it. Okay. I could sit there for hours and just move Bezier curves around. But um, yeah, I don't know how other designers really feel about that. I wanted to hear from you. And somehow I assumed you were one of the weirdies <laughs> who like really felt good about that. So point for me on that one. Yeah, I think that's something you got to know about yourself before you go into type design. Is that like, yeah, I'm, I'm okay sitting there for four hours finessing this lowercase g to be just so. Yeah, You make a good point. You can't hate it or else you wouldn't be here. You wouldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Next, we move on to future fonts. Hooray, future Yay, fonts. Yay, future fonts. Hi, future fonts. Again, it's not good sponsored. to see you again. Yes, uh, Nikki is the debut font family from Clotilde Buan on the in-progress platform Future Fonts. Clotilde is a art director living in Paris, with Nikki being their first Future Font ever, really. Uh, Nikki is described as, quote, a very slanted and heavy typeface with forms derived from handwriting done with a thick brush and repetitive slanted strokes that work as a pattern. What I find really impressive is that Nikki technically launched on Future Fonts as a version 7, version 0 0.7, um, not the 0 0.1 that we normally see. So there were clearly a couple of jumps in there. I don't know if that's a typo, but kind of cool to see something be, hey, this is the seventh round. This is the first time you're seeing it, though. It breaks their, their mold a little bit, I think. Uh, anyway, it's pretty impressive that they were able to get so much development um, you know, already into this release before hitting the airwaves. That's pretty cool. Um, so here's one last tidbit for you, Josh, on Nikki. Yes, go for it. Uh, the typeface is named after a very expressive and bold French artist called Nikki de Saint-Fal. Now, I looked up her work, um, and I am pleased to see the connection between this typeface and the artist's work. It's colorful, it's expressive, and dancey. It's really good to see type pulling inspiration from art, too. I don't know. How do you feel about that? The, the fact that type can pull from art. I mean, I I love it. I believe that that's how so much should be done. What's neat about yeah. this, uh, glancing through the Nikki Descent Val stuff, there's it's a it was she was no slouch. No, there's plenty to look at. And what's neat is it's it's not directly pulled. What what Nikki the font is mm -hmm. is not a direct pull from any of that work that's true right yeah it's a pretty good derivation it's definitely mm -hmm. a sense it's an essence yeah and that's what's nice it's nice that we are pointed towards that inspiration and we get to explore that yeah, yeah i couldn't agree more and i think nikki does a great job of doing it right um you know they hit all the boxes for me on this one it's an homage it's an essence i like that word that you use josh a essence of the artist's work um and that's hard to do so yeah nikki's pretty cool entry into the future fonts catalog um well next up we have dalton mog uh dalton mog released lexia a contemporary humanist slab serif this week i love the genre classification here because the words contemporary humanist slab serif definitely make you do a double take just to make sure you heard that right it's not one that you hear all the time it's kind of a cool uh 
genre specific thing. But yeah, Alexia is a slab serif design. Pretty straightforward there, nothing weird. With a humanist touch, which references its stroke weight distribution. Obviously, that's kind of what makes it humanist. But more so than that are these special little ways that the slab serifs bulge out at the ends on the east and west sides of the slabs, which is kind of a little bit rounded. Not completely rounded, but a little bit. And it it gives this heft, you know, a little bit of, of weight, a little bit of plump to these uh, serifs. I think the... It, it is, this is the defining feature of this typeface, which gives it a real approachable demeanor. It's a little different. It takes you off guard first because you're like, oh, that's different and interesting. Yeah. But, you know, on the reading line and in the design system, it has a, a nice flavor to it. Dalton Mogg uses the word panache here, which I really like. We've seen that tossed around in certain releases. I feel like that's a, a, a word of the day, a word du jour to... Describe <laughs> some new releases when applicable. Yeah. Uh, Lexia also launches with a monospace cousin in tow. So imagine those plump slab serifs in a monospaced uh, context. Kind of interesting. Pretty cool to see uh, you know, slab serif do that. Uh, Kyle, can I, can I talk tittles? Uh, only if you do it with respect. Uh, <laughs> sure. We might have to, we have to put an explicit mark on this episode. No. <laughs> Lexia made me realize I don't think about the mm-hmm. design of the tittles, the dot over the I's and the J's. I never think about it unless they're like a diamond, unless they're like particularly designed. Mm-hmm. But the weight of that dot and the shape, especially in a in a design like this that has a variable part to it. Yeah. And Lexia uses it. It doesn't quite match the weight of the font around it. Sure. And I just had never noticed that, thought about that. I know it's not new or unique to Lexia, but I just wanted to highlight when it's cool when that's a distinct choice. Yes. When, and a noticeable choice, it adds a lot of character mm-hmm. to a design. And you do have to be careful about if it's too, too mismatched, too weighty, too light. Right associated with calls too much attention to itself calls too much attention which i guess maybe the argument could be made lexia did because i noticed it maybe it's (laughs) maybe yeah but it reminds me it reminds me of i uh heard once that uh the drawers of the simpsons in early seasons Mm -hmm. had a lot of trouble keeping the pupils correct oh interesting because they just didn't have a good metric if a if a character was close up or far away yeah they used the same dot same size dot. and so when the characters were far away they looked really high <laughs> they looked really wrong and Bulgy. if you go back and watch early early episodes yeah you notice and it looks off-putting and it, so that's what this reminds what me what was of. their you have solve to, you have to care for your titles did they come I up with a system experience just time and like trying They're like that they finally right. got different measurements and just learned what the right mm. size for a different close-up or, you know, different camera distance. Yeah. But it took a couple seasons. It wasn't until, like, <laughs> season six that they got it right. Wow. Check it out. You're becoming very perceptive, Josh. Very perceptive in type. It's a new sensation. <laughs> <laughs> We're all learning things about ourselves today. <laughs> <laughs> Well, finally, we've come to the end. Uh, we've released 
at the end of this week is DS Types Prelo Pro. Another good name for typeface that's fun to say. Prelo Pro. Prelo, Prelo. Well, Prelo Pro is a release of the <laughs> Prelo family that was started almost 20 years ago. Um, and don't take this the wrong way, but it kind of looks that way. Like it looks it. Um, and by that, I mean Prelo Pro emerges as from an era of type design focused on legibility and function in a changing digital display landscape. Kind of the turn of the millennium uh, years where there were a lot of humanist sans typefaces and serif typefaces showing up for, for screens. Um, you know, at the beginning of the 2010s or the 2000s, sorry, there was a, you know, the iPhone was uh, not far around the corner. Computer screens were changing fast. So fonts were struggling to keep up, but they had this, this look, you know, it, it had a certain aesthetic features that uh, help it out in, in the digital displays that were changing up so much. Um, so it's got like squarish proportions, short, aggressive terminal strokes that are easy to hint, clean and, and definitive corners, you know, leaving no doubt for the structure of the typeface. Um, and the Prelo Pro is, is all about that. It kind of lives in this space. Uh, some of my favorite typefaces come from this era of type design thought. So I really like this, um, this release. Uh, it's DNA makes Prelo Pro stand out in a field of sans typefaces today that, um, you know, have had it too easy in the digital world. And it's still good progress. It's good to uh, take those things that are feeling a little yes. old and cobwebby bring them along into 2023. Yeah. Not, yeah, I'm certainly not saying that it feels stodgy or old or stale. It, it is it's, very clean. It's very contemporary and of the moment. It's just but, how that fourth dimension works. Sometimes you got to bring right. it along. 20 years is a long time, unfortunately. Yeah. So overall, Prelo Pro is a fabulous core workhorse humanist sans, um, something that is robust and will hold up to rigorous use in all kinds of conditions, print, web, whatever. Uh, I think DS Type um, did a really, really good job here. Uh, they also released Prelo Pro with full Greek and Cyrillic character sets, making it a very extensive workhorse um, for all regions of the world, too. So a delight. So, so that's it. That's uh, that's all I've got for you this week. We are still seeing strong numbers in the releases department for the year. I haven't really seen the industry slow down in their zeal for new things to publish. No, there's releases coming out all the time. So, uh, you know, all the better for us. I say keep them coming. It really has been a busy start to the year, yeah. Kyle. We there's so there's so much stuff coming out. We're gonna have to do some some more font release exclusive episodes just to uh just to keep up i think you're right yeah i really enjoyed digging a little deeper into these things every, every release has its own special thing about it so uh it has its own story it's nice to dig nice a little bit deeper into them yeah yeah kyle it was a pleasure talking to you likewise josh you're a, you're a nice guy hey thanks man you too that's it for this week's Interrogang. This episode was edited by Andrew Spheris, who also provides most of the original music you hear on our episodes. The music you are listening to right now is Cut It Loose by Max Band. The Interrogang is a production of Proven Co. Visit our website at proofco.xyz for more type news and to subscribe to our weekly newsletter that chronicles all the activity in independent typography every week. 
You can also check out our 2022 annual report and almanac, a data-driven analysis of the world of independent type. You can get yours on our website as well. Follow us on Twitter at proof underscore and underscore co or new development on Instagram at proofco.xyz. Or you can always drop us a line via email at hello at proofco.xyz. If you have any thoughts on what we discussed in this episode, have any topics you would like to hear discussed on a future Interrogang, or if you just like talking tittles too, we'd love to hear from you. As always, thanks for being a part of the Interrogang, and we'll see you next time. Tittles are our best seen, not heard mm. kind of thing. <laughs> what a weird sentence I just said. If that's how you really feel. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I learned something about myself today. <laughs> 